Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Well, I wanted to do an uplifting, beginning of the year, vision-filled, passionate sermon series for this January series. I, I really did something, you know, inspiring and motivating and just perfect for the beginning of the year. Uh, this series is not that. <laughs> I'm just going to be really honest with you up front. It's not what I had in mind. But maybe that's the point for me. This series isn't what I was looking for, but maybe that's because I was looking for the wrong thing. Now, this series was born out of a pattern that I felt like God kept pointing out to me, though. Um, a word that he's been building in my heart for a while now. Not just with, with one person, a you know, pattern in one person's life, or two people, or three, or even everyone else, but also a pattern within me. God's been trying to get a hold of me for a while on this, probably. There are even studies done about this pattern. See, most people come to a church, they come to church out of crisis. Right? We're, we're in deep trouble. Maybe, maybe it's a marriage falling apart, or it's financial, or it's a legal thing, an addiction thing, a criminal thing. We come to this place of knowing that whatever we're currently doing, it's not working anymore. We, we've gotten in too far. We're over our heads and we're sort of forced to confront that. We have to do something. And so we reach for something, something outside of the norm, something that we're not used to, a truth beyond our grasp. There must be something more. And so we come back to church. Or maybe for the first time, we come to church and we, we pray, we dedicate ourselves, we dig in, we pray and we pray and we pray. We pray for our marriage to be fixed. We pray for our finances to be saved. We pray for life to be okay again. Our prayer life has never been better. Devotional life, never been better. We're killing it in the God department, right? And we feel good. It feels good to declare faith and be close to God and get revelations and be provided for. It feels good. And our prayers get answered. And that feels good. And we get used to the blessings that God can provide. And that feels good. Right? And suddenly we're in a good place. Look around and things are blessed, things are fun, things are good. And so our prior life decreases. Our devotional life decreases. Maybe we don't feel such a need, a pull towards God anymore. Maybe I can do this on my own again. Sound familiar to anyone else? A little cringy right now? This is something called transactional faith. Transactional faith says, I need to get something from this, right? Transactional faith says, I've broken the code, right? If I just do X, Y, and Z, then God does this for me. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, provide for you. If God just 
provides for me. He just forgives me if, if he just approves of me. Right? We feel like I have to earn that from God. If I give him this, he will give me that. So we give to get. We serve to be served. And it's no wonder that we fall into this sometimes because God is good. As a preacher, I want to always be reminding you of the goodness of God. He is so good, and it is so good to serve him. But the blessings aren't what it's all about. Now, I'm not just in this because it's good. Because let me tell you something you won't hear very often. It's not always good, 100% of the time. I'm not promised a 100% easy life. We went over this this past year in depth. Right, Bragging rights was all about the persecution of the church and everything that Paul went through. It was not all good. If we learned anything this year, I think we all learned this together. I don't think that goodness, that ease, is the point, though. Now, over the course of this series, we're going to study some individuals throughout the Bible that did get what they wanted. They got exactly what they prayed for. God said yes. But then what? Is that the end of the story, the the happily ever after? Is that the point of all this? Just to get what we want all of the time? Is that the point of prayer itself? Last week, we read the beginning of Deuteronomy 8. It was Rewind weekend. We were talking about looking back, how to look back well, how to recognize all of the things that God has done, uh, remembering what he's brought us through, understanding the real reasons for God letting us go through hardships. We reframed the past year in a way that we can look back on it fondly later. Today, we're going to continue reading from that same passage. Just to remind you, Deuteronomy 8, verse 6. We're going to read just a couple of these briefly. It says, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water. It says, verse 8, it's a land of wheat and barley, right? Verse 9, it's a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking, a land where iron is as common as stone. Verse 10, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land that he is giving you. I talked about all the good things, how to look back well. But verse 11 goes on. It says, but that is the time to be careful. When things are good, when you're in the land flowing with milk and honey, that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, And when your flocks and herds have become very large and and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery 
in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from a rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did this all so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you will also be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. Deuteronomy is a sort of unique book in the Bible. It's the fifth book in the Old Testament and basically sums up the past three books. It's a very long sermon from Moses where after 40 years of wandering in the desert, 40 years of a journey that should have just taken 11 days, as we learned earlier, they're finally, finally on the brink of entering this new land, this promised land, but Moses can't go with them. He knows his time has come to an end, and he's speaking to this this brand new generation, a generation that needs to hear the recap before going on to the new episode, if you know what I mean. They need the, the summing up of everything that just happened. They need to remember because they're about to enter into good times. And they need to be careful. This is the time to be careful, he says. You see, God fulfills his promises. He calls us to be faithful because he wants to fulfill his promises. He is so good. He is the God that answers prayers. He's the God that hears us when we call. He led the Israelites through that wilderness and yes, they lost a lot along the way. They, they lost their thanklessness. They lost their complaining. <laughs> they lost their indignation. They lost their entitlement along the way. And, and here is Moses warning them not to go back to it. And you might be thinking, well, how could they, right? After all they have seen and witnessed, right? 40 years they wandered in the desert. 40 years they were provided for with manna from heaven. How could they possibly forget that? A lot had happened out there in the wilderness. A lot of miracles, a lot of God moments. They had eked out a pretty good life for themselves out there. And that's where their law was born, their Religion, that's where it all took form and shape and God provided for them all along the way. And here they are looking at the promised land, about to enter it. Hope is on the horizon. Home is within reach. Finally, they don't have to be wanderers anymore. They can practically taste victory. They're so ready for it. Now, it's, it's easy to be faithful when we're asking God for something constantly on our minds, but 
what happens when we actually get it? The thing that we're asking for. I know people who have forgotten. I know many people who have forgotten. Maybe it's a woman who is begging, pleading, praying for a husband. Years and years and years, right? And when she finally gets him, God finally answers that prayer. Suddenly it's about what he wants, the husband, right? And he didn't want to come to church every week, so he didn't want to tithe. He didn't see why they couldn't sleep in on Sundays, right? He didn't see the point of reading his Bible, and suddenly the answer to her prayer is the reason she's not around anymore. Maybe it's it's a man who's praying and praying for his business to get off the ground. Right? Asking God for blessings and provision and creativity and business. Asking him for success. And, and he sees blessings and God is good. But then slowly the business demands more and more. And suddenly instead of it serving him, he's serving it. And he doesn't have time to read the Bible and ask God for things anymore. And he certainly doesn't have time to set aside for church. Isn't it enough that he still tithes? Doesn't that count for something? We pray for friends. We get them. We'd rather hang out with the friends than God. We pray for kids. We get them. And then they run our lives and our schedule now, not God. We pray for our marriage to be fixed. God fixes it, and then it becomes our God. And we pray for the promised land. God gives it, and we forget him. It's a dangerous pattern. A pattern that's not just unique to the 21st century. It's a pattern that's existed since the Israelites. A pattern I don't want us falling into because, yes, this past year has been hard, right? But I know so many of you who have used that, who've grown into your relationship with God in brand new ways in 2020, like no other year. There's so many of you who have dug deep, who got into the word for yourself, who used this season of suffering to lose a few things. And it's good. You lost some indignation, some entitlement, some thanklessness, maybe. Some of us have learned to be grateful for what we actually have, to to build our own community, people around us that, that care, and a group of people that you can serve. Some of us learn the meaning of Jesus saying things like, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Or God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Or God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. Those who are merciful. Right, these, these upside-down kingdom things that Jesus used to say all the time, we actually get them on whole new levels now, right? Because of what we've been through. We understand that why God blesses those whose hearts are pure. 
makes a lot more sense once we've been through something hard. But what Jesus is trying to get us to understand is that it's not about transactional faith. It's not just about what we can get from God, but what he gives us, even in our suffering, that we can't take the suffering seasons for granted. We can't let them go to waste. Let them pull us closer to God, not just closer to what we want. Because when we get it, that is the time to be careful. And we spent the past year talking about how to use that suffering in our faith, how, how to hold on in the middle of the storm. But what if the storm isn't the only danger zone? <laughs> right? Well, Jesus is talking about transactional faith and transformational faith. That maybe it's not just about the give and take. It's about us actually changing from the inside out. Right? The, the kind of faith that can see the good in any situation. Good or bad. The, the kind that sings in the prison cells. That trusts even in mourning. That obeys in all circumstances. The kind that doesn't take blessings as an excuse to get proud. This is the time to be careful because pride so dangerous. A couple sermon series ago, I, I felt like I had this revelation about pride. Maybe you'll remember, pride hides things, right? Pride hides things. It, it hides things from you. It makes God himself hide things from you. There's things you just can't see when you're proud or things only a humble person can see. But I now think also that there are things only a humble person can remember too. Pride makes us forgetful. You remember all the bad things, but somehow think it was you that pulled you out. And this passage said, do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Don't forget that he was the one who rescued you. Right? Don't forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions. When it was so hot and dry, he led you through those things. Through them, in the midst of them. He didn't remove them. He didn't create um, the promised land out there in the desert. Right? He didn't bring the promised land to you. He got you through the wilderness. He gave you water from a rock. Fed you with manna in the wilderness. It can get a lot worse. <laughs> I know this is a super hopeful message for the first of the year, but look, when we go through things, we, we always seem to think that it can't possibly get any worse. Right? What if it can get worse? Much worse. But God has been protecting you from that. What if those snakes and scorpions were meant to bite you? And God protected you from that. He gave you water when it was hot and dry. God protected you from that. The Israelites out there wandering in the desert, they could have been thinking, well, at least we're not slaves anymore. We're free. They could have been thinking, at least I haven't been bitten by any of these snakes and scorpions. At least we have this water to drink. Thank you, God, 
feeding us each and every day just enough. Thank you so much. You are so faithful. God can wipe us out if he wanted to. That's the last couple of verses of this passage said. I mean, they had seen it happen. God wiped people out. He can wipe us out if he wants to. It can be worse. We are blessed to just be breathing air. And isn't that what this year taught us? We're blessed to be living. We're blessed to have full bellies and roofs over our heads. It can get worse. And who knows what this year has to offer? Right? Uh, Maybe it will get better. Maybe it will get worse. Like the Israelites standing on the, the precipice of a new year feels hopeful. It feels like it, it could be this renewal, this promised land. But let's not forget what can happen when God answers prayers. Let's not forget who answers those prayers. The time to be careful is when your prayers are answered. Because God is a God who answers when we call. He is faithful. Are we? Can we be faithful too? I want us to build faith during this time that will last. I think most of us that are still here after a year like the one we just had, Those of us that are still here and listening proved that our faith can withstand a trial, a storm, a pandemic, 2020, for goodness sake. Our faith can withstand that good times. I want to challenge us today to also see our good times as threats to our faith. Maybe we're not as susceptible to anger, bitterness, burnout, right? But maybe during the good times, we are a little bit more open to pride, laziness, apathy. It's the sneaky ones in the good times, right? We have to keep our armor up. At all times, the word says, be ready in season and out of season. Don't let your guard down in the good times. Throughout this series, I'm going to ask you to pray. Take one morning every week for this whole month, just one. You can certainly do more if you want to, but just one morning, fast breakfast with me pray. And this isn't a big ask. I know that, right? It's not a 40 days of of prayer and fasting to start off the year. It's not big. We've all been through a lot this year. This is a plea to build something in your life that lasts. Add a small habit. I'll keep you coming back. That will teach us what the true meaning of prayer is. It's not just about logging in our hours, asking God for all of the right things, uttering these magical incantations that just cause God to give us everything that we want. What is the actual purpose of prayer? Fasting. 
what happens when God answers? What happens when we get everything that we want? All those items on the Santa list. What happens? I want to challenge us to build something that lasts through the good and the bad. One small piece that might carry you into the future and through it. We're doing a prayer Bible plan over the next 21 days. Join me. fv.church slash Bible plan. It's very simple. It'll send you reminders on your phone every day to do it. Comment. Let us see what you're learning from God. Let us read what each other is learning. Encourage one another. Work on building something that will last this year. Be intentional with your faith, with your prayer life. And and on those days that you are praying, ask God to reveal to you what you may have gotten prideful about or lazy about or apathetic about what blessings he's given you that you've forgotten. Ask him to help you stay faithful and obedient even in the good times. Ask him to teach you how to pray. Ask him how to last through answered prayers. Father, I know this is a unique word for the beginning of the year. It's not what I was looking for, what I wanted, but I think it's exactly what you need us to hear this year, this season. It's been a long year, storms and trials and anxieties and fears. We've all been through some tough stuff in the past year. But we know you are a God who answers prayers. You are the provider, the deliverer, the comforter, the healer. You answer when we call. God, help us to remain faithful even when you've answered. That we're not just in this to get to be served. We are warriors in your army. We are a battleship as a church, not a cruise ship. We're not in this just to be served and to get from you. This is not transactional faith. This is transformational faith. Jesus, change us from the inside out. Help us be the generous, servant-hearted, vibrant, passionate, selfless church you called us to be. Serve you in season and out of season. Be faithful when things are good and when things are bad. God, let us not forget who it is that's provided, delivered, and healed. Maybe today you're saying, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never given over control to anything like that, to anyone. But maybe today you're ready. You want to start out the new year with a, with a fresh start. Hey, you realize you can't do it on your own anymore. You just want to give it all to Jesus. Let him be the Lord, the boss of your life for a little while. If that's you today, it's never been easier. You just say, Jesus, I believe in you. I accept your forgiveness in my life, and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. 
today and for the rest of my life. Amen. <laughs> so simple. But I'd love to give you resources if that's you today and you're making that decision. You can text the number on the screen. You can also go to fe.church slash I am in. I'd love to know that you made that decision and give you some resources to help you with that. But Freedom Alley, I think this is the time to dig in, to build something that will last. Right? We don't have the, the cookie cutter, prepackaged community, the, the, the church environment right this minute. But you have everything you need. Jesus has already answered every prayer. He's already healed. He's already given you the right relationship with God that we need. You have everything that you need. Just ask him for it. God loves to give his children good gifts. He loves to provide for you, to heal you. He loves it. Just ask. We get to just tap into that as believers. That's where the joy comes from, the peace, the hope. We get to trust him with it. And it is a privilege to turn our lives over to him. It's a weight off our shoulders. He wants to carry it for us. Let's give it to him. Let's allow him to answer our prayers because we will remain faithful on the other side. Because we're not going to get fat, lazy, happy in our comfy couches. So we're not going to settle into his blessings and forget about him. We're going to remain faithful. Stay on the path. Run the race with excellence. Father, one more time, I just ask you for that today. Pray that you would infuse your spirit, that, that productive, practical spirit into us. You keep our feet placed firmly on the ground in the good and the bad. We would continue to serve you with that vibrant, passionate, selfless spirit you've breathed into this church. Help us last even through answered prayers. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.